Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we have Dr. Shelley Kerr. She is a world-renowned past life regressionist in practice for over two decades. Her method of combining energy work with hypnosis has been endorsed by numerous leaders in the field of consciousness, including near-death experience pioneer Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Brian Weiss. She received her Doctorate of Philosophy in Parapsychic Science from the American Institute of Holistic Theology in 2001. She has been a guest on our show before, talking about her book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life. And I'd like to welcome her back to talk about her new book, Journeys Through the Akashic Records. Welcome back to the show, Shelley. I'm so glad to have you back. Barb, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. It's great. And I'm, I'm thrilled with your new book. So with the Akashic Records, let's start with what are Akashic Records and, and a little history on it? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. Um, I think that because of the way we have to view linear time, uh, that most people think of these Akashic Records as kind of a place where we're going or a physical thing like a library or a room or a book. Um, but I really think of this more as a, a spiritual realm, like a multidimensional realm where we're just kind of taking our three-dimensional consciousness and expanding ourselves out into the realms of the universe where really the answers to all questions, um, all events that have happened in the past, the present, and things that are yet to happen in the future are all contained out here in the cosmos if we understand how to reach out there and grab that information. And and through your book, it, actually this book is how for us to do it um, on our own, even though you've worked with people for, as you said, two decades, you're taking your experience and putting it into the book with exercises of how we can do it ourselves. So I'm jumping ahead. Let's go back to how far in your book you go back through the history. Nostradamus you talk about, um, Carl Jung, Edgar Casey, all talked about Kashik records. Yeah, I think that Nostradamus is one of probably the best known examples of somebody who must have been tapping into something um, of a very supernatural space. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to bring through the information that he brought through. So he what's interesting about his story is that back in the time when he was alive in the 1500s, he you know, the Black Death was going around and he was working as a doctor and somehow he was coming up with all these really weird remedies. And he actually saved a lot of people from the Black Death using wow. his, um, you know, kind of unscientific methods. But then what was really sad is that his whole family died of the plague. And so once that happened, then I guess, you know, he didn't have any family around. So then that's when he really started turning to his spiritual work. And so he began 
um, staring into into flames and going through this process of connecting with this information. And that's when he wrote all of those quatrains that everybody is still quoting today. Some of them were, you know, fairly accurate in terms of things. Um, and others are so vague that I think that there's just a lot of speculation mm-hmm. that we can all make about, well, he must be talking about, you know, Saddam yeah, Hussein, yeah. or he must be talking about this or that. But um, there's no doubt that he must have tapped into something akin to the Akashic Records where he's gone out and he's managed to pull this otherworldly information mm-hmm. out of the cosmos. And the one that I'm most familiar with out of these, I, I give a lot of examples in the book, but I've written um, three books for the Edgar Casey Foundation, and I've really spent a lot of time digging into the life readings of Edgar Casey. So he was another one. He was a sickly child. Um, uh, this is how a lot of people get on this path. You know, they're sickly. They went to the doctor. They tried to do it the normal way. It wasn't working. So somebody said, well, why don't we take him to a hypnotherapist? And when they hypnotized him, hypnosis is really just taking the the brain waves, which are normally going very, very quickly in a beta state, just kind of calming down into the alpha. But Casey dipped way down into a deep, uh, Delta trance where he did not remember a thing that he was saying. And he began channeling this energy called the source who gave him through him many pieces of information um, regarding people's physical health. People were not expected to live. And then he would tell them some really weird remedy to do. And, and then they would, they would miraculously heal. And he has a whole section about Um, people who came to him and he would talk to them about their past lives and the remedies that they could use to alleviate the past life challenges. One of which was um, he had a huge body of information about gems and minerals that he was almost prescribing to people. And I write about a lot of the healing properties of gems and minerals in some of my earlier books. So he (laughs) believed, you know, because all things are made of frequencies, we could lay the stone on the body. And he would say, well, if you use the lapis lazuli, for example, then that's going to help to vibrationally heal you from the past life that you had in Egypt. And when I think about him versus Nostradamus, you know, even, even coming up with weird, unconventional methods of helping people, you know, defeat the black death and the plague. I mean, that's, right. that to me says he must've been pulling even that information out of something pretty inspirational. Cause a lot of people thought he was nuts and Casey yeah. experienced that same reception by many, but you know, over the course of time with Edgar Casey, we've got over 14,000 readings that he gave oh my God. to people and they wrote all of that information down. And so what they discovered is they could take, let's say you had a reading specific things to you. They started realizing, wait a minute, that's actually not only applicable to you, but it's applicable to a lot of people. So they could start mm-hmm. using these remedies for other people and found that they were very, very helpful. And so Again, though, he's he's someone who's actually been documented where we can actually see someone who's witnessed him going into this process yeah. and literally coming out of it with also belief systems that were completely out of his um, wheelhouse as a Sunday school teacher. He would never have been talking about reincarnation and some of these other yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. So it really says that this was, again, one of the spectacular examples um, historically of somebody who's tapping into the the cosmic soup, let's say. And it just goes to show though that it's out there. So the question I'm asking in this book is, can't we all just go out there and get some information out of it? And I believe the answer to that is yes, we can. Before we leave Edgar Casey, though, excuse me, he, um, 
he was a sleeping prophet. When you say over 14,000 readings, this guy would be exhausted if he didn't sleep through them all. <laughs> but he was, a, he actually went into a consciousness with, or a non-consciousness really, where he was asleep and given all this information would wake up and have no memory of it. Is, is that right? That's exactly right. He had no yeah. memory and he would have to go so deeply into these states to do these readings for people. It really did wear him out. And he probably in theory could have lived a lot longer, but he just, he wanted to give these readings to people because he really felt that they were helping them. So, but completely right. unconscious. Yes. A sleeping prophet. Right. And I, I've got to take a little sideways on this too. His life was not that great. You know, you'd yeah. think, wow, if you're doing all that work, you're, you're going to have a great life, you know, and, and his life was not that great. He um, he had some rough times and financial and social, all of it. He had some rough times. I feel yeah. like for doing that kind of work, he should have had a special, I don't know, special bonus of a good life or something. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Yeah, he persevered through some of the things that come up in past life readings are people who want to tap into their intuition, but because of stuff that happened to him in a past life, they won't do it. In mm -hmm. either case, he really, he was, you know, sometimes just really, I don't want to say persecuted, but yeah, maybe mm -hmm. verbally or, you know, ostracized, had financial problems, had health problems, all kinds of right. things, yet still believed in what he was doing, like you said. And he's one of the ones that really persevered through a lot of the torturous um, circumstances of his life to continue doing the work for people. Mm -hmm. So it is pretty unusual in that regard. You're absolutely right. Right. And Nostradamus, um, I would have thought in that time period that you, you're in danger of being called a witch or being persecuted or, you know, really being put to death kind of thing that uh, this is a dangerous thing to be doing. But um, thank God he did it. I just wish that as he traveled to the future, wherever he went, he picked up the future language, too. <laughs> yeah, that would have been helpful. Wouldn't I, that I have? You're, <laughs> yeah, you're looking at a guy, though, his family was dead. So I guess right. at that point, you figure you have nothing to lose, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you've already lost everything. I mean, I guess maybe that's part of the motivation. I don't know, but you're right. Right. I mean, I think the right, right. I think the motivation helpful. with him really was to connect with his family, to talk to them on the other side is probably what started him going. And then, you know, ended up with these, which is pretty amazing. But anyway, so coming back <laughs> to the Akashic records. So um, all of this information is out there. Um, at another dimension or in another place. We've cut ourselves off from that information, I assume, or just don't know how to do it. I think that we largely people don't believe that they can. Um, and the truth is they can do it. I want to mm -hmm. mention one other example, though, that's very mainstream. You know, in the even in the Bible, they call they talk about the Book of Life and the Jewish Talmud. Mm -hmm. They discuss that as well. There's there's lots of spiritual texts in the Vedas and other places, even in the Egyptian Book of the Dead throughout history that talk about the idea of a book. It's containing all of this information. And so people must have known that. And I think over the course of history, part of it could be because, you know, eventually 
let's just say the leadership in various religions wanted to make you think, well, you can't speak to the creator yourself. You need to go through these intermediaries, Mm -hmm. you know, for power and control, just like we don't talk about reincarnation, even though some people believe that had one time been part of biblical teachings. Right. Um, So I think some of this stuff gets kind of rewritten. And so people are taught that, no, this is only for, you know, God, and you're not supposed to be doing this, or it's only for the few elite and things like that. I think that's part of the problem. And um, reincarnation, I think they wrote that out, especially, you know, in the Bible, and especially with the Catholic Bible. Um, I think they wrote it out because everybody was saying, Hey, I'll do it next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, nobody was following them. Yeah, I'll do it next time. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not that good, but guess what? I'm going to be back and I'll yeah, be better yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all of us, we'll put it off to next time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But but we lost this ability or the and the belief, really, that that all information is at well, reincarnation. And that all information is out there, all information of our soul journeys and other people's soul journeys are out there. And and not only past, but future as well, as Nostradamus talked about. So, and this is what's great about your book. You actually bring people through of how to do it. And um, let's start with the mind stream, though. That's a great word for, you know, that you know, that, that consciousness, which is where all the um, information is, I guess, uh, that might be putting it a little bit too um, simple, you know, where all the, the consciousness, where all information is. Then <laughs> you called it mindstream. Yeah, I've always, I mean, what the book really is entailing is, um, the, the past over 20 years that I've been working as a regressionist, when people come for past life regression, often they need many different kinds of things uh, that mm-hmm. are beyond just a typical past life regression. So the book is, is consisting of all the different kinds of um, healings that someone can receive. And I've always thought of the place that we go as the mind stream, which is really a Buddhist term that's representing, again, this the same. I I like to call it the cosmic soup because I heard that on a radio show one time years and years ago. And it just, that term just makes me laugh, but yes, that we're we're tapping into the cosmos. And, and so the Buddhists called it the mind stream. That's what I internally call it, but we could also, of course, as in this book, we're calling it the Akashic records, I think simply because of the popularity of the term. And it's something that, that is um, enough of an archetype in the society that that everybody's kind of used to hearing that now. Mm-hmm. And how do we do it? <laughs> so, so let me back up. You first learned about the Akashic records in doing the past life regression, where people started to go into um, the information source. Or how did you first come along across Akashic, yeah, Akashic records? Um, back in like the year 2000, I, well, there was a lot of, a lot of things that had happened. Well, let me back up even further, I guess. Um, back in the nineties, I had a friend pass away in an accident and I kept having visitations. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of one of the things that, I mean, 
wait, maybe I need to go back even further. There's just so many things. Um, I was raised as a child to understand that past lives are real. I was first introduced to it when I was a child. And so my mother had um, attended a luncheon by the woman who was the subject of the book, The Search for Bridie Murphy. And so she brought the book home and we had a family discussion at the dinner table about reincarnation. So I was already into that. And then what happened is as an adult, when my friend passed away, he kept making visitations to me. Several years passed and I was guided to then go eventually have a past life regression. And then during that time, another thing that had happened is I'd had a near death experience I started hearing an inner voice telling me that there was something wrong with my heart. I was not going to live much longer. I went into the light. And when I came out of that light, I, I was met there by beings. And I saw one of my grandmothers, my paternal grandmother was there. And I started having a lot of energy running through my body. And I ha started having a knowing of things that were completely outside of my conscious awareness, because at that time I was just working as a sales representative. And so what happened is... Um, I started, like, let's say you were, you and I were just having a normal conversation. You're saying, you're talking about something really normal. Like you went to the grocery store or something. Mm -hmm. I would start to, without meaning to do it, I would start to kind of be in your mind. I could see the store and watching you walk down the produce aisle or whatever. And I was like, what is going on here? Why am I doing that? And so then I, I eventually started trying to figure out how, how do I stop this from happening? But then I realized that there were certain areas that I just happened to know about people. Like I could just know that, you know, where they had been in past lives, that that's the, the thing that I'm really good at picking up on and just mm -hmm. other pieces of information. So went on a long journey of doing readings and I really like doing the past life regression process rather than giving readings because um, the regression, you know, you're going through hypnosis. And so the individual receiving that you're going on a guided journey so that you can find the answers for yourself rather than having the intuitive, just tell you things that may or may not resonate with you. And so the journey through the Akashic records book is, is really when people did come for private regression sessions, I would try to guide them into places where they could find different answers to all of the different questions that they were asking, to, you know, and really all the biggies of life. You know, it could be grief recovery. It could be healing with my current family. It could be, um, again, the future. Like, what am I going to be doing in the future? It could be the past and just all kinds of things. And so the book is really the first time that I've ever publicly released all of these journeys, because to me, that's how you, the individual can go find the answers to these questions yourself. And to me, that's just so much more valid. Um, and so much more empowering than, than the fact that we have to go ask somebody else. We, we all need feedback from others. I get it. But mm -hmm. I still think there's something very, very powerful about finding these answers for ourselves and feeling the truth of those answers within our body so that we can start taking actions to you know move forward based on the information that we're getting. And when we open these various doors that people are guided through in this book, they can find the answers to the questions that are most pressing to them individually, because we're all so different, you know, as you know, yeah. so I just want to kind of put the power back into the hands of the individual. That's really one of the big goals of putting this out.
Does it help that they can experience it rather than hear it? So rather than a reading, when you're doing a regression session, you're really kind of living it. You're experiencing it. Yeah. I mean, and even within the regression, you know, all of us have different intuitive gifts. Some people see things, some people hear them. So they may still be hearing it, but they're hearing it from a place that's coming from the depths of their soul that I think, I mean, I love a good reader Mm -hmm. as yourself and others. I mean, we need that. We need, we do need people from the outside to look at what we're doing, obviously from time to time, because we can't see ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when we can go through these processes and then have these visuals or have these real kinesthetic feelings come up in the body and go, whoa, where does that come from? You know, it's coming from the depths of the soul, you know, that the soul remembers everything. When we come down into these lifetimes, we don't remember the vastness of all the things that we are and all the things, you know, that we know about, we can't remember them all. So this is designed to help people remember you know, who they truly are and why they're here and what exactly these answers are that are going to help them get moving and in the and they want. It's a good thing we can't remember everything. My God, we'd be just so bogged down. We'd be not been able to move forward. But some of those things, um, like, like, you know, if you have a, a weird, a weird habit or something, That can be picked up from previous life. That could be something from the previous life. And then during regression and and seeing, oh my God, I always have to wear white on Sunday. I'm just making this up, you know, Um, and don't know why. Well, now you go back in in many lifetimes and you see that you were uh, religious that had to wear white on Sunday and you kind of got stuck in that. In the recognition, are you able to let it go? You really are. And actually, that's a perfect example. Like, why do I always wear white on Sunday? Or, you yeah. know, I think really, you know what I'm, you know what I mean, Barb? Mm-hmm. Really, almost any question that a person yeah. could ask about themselves could be addressed in this thing. Why do I like swimming pools? Why do I love to mm-hmm. climb mountains? Why am I afraid right. of the dark? Um, so then we just take that intention and we ask the question and yes, in this book also, of course we have past life regression. So we go back into the past to, um, either the source event, like the original event where this, Mm -hmm. this challenge or this question originated from, or to the most significant thing that would help us understand why we're doing certain things in the now. And then yes, once they go into that, this is kind of how it happened for me when I had a regression. Mm -hmm. Um, about my friend's death. I was carrying this grief around. Once I saw that I had seen him in many lifetimes, he's always dying too soon. I went, oh, okay. It was kind (laughs) of like, okay, guess what? I don't need to do this anymore. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And bam. And it was done. And it was done. That's great. That's a great way to get rid of stuff. You know what though, before we go into the how to and more about, you know, what it'll do for us, I'm going to take a break now. And then we'll be right back to talk about Shelly has some great exercises of how to do this. So we'll be right back. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. 
One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. You are listening to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, this is Barb Crowley. We're back, Metaphysics of View Through the Veil, and we're back with Shelley Kerr. And we have talk, been talking about Akashic Records, what they are and how well-known they've been through history, really, as well as who has accessed them and, and the um, outcome. And Shelly's going to take us through some exercises of how we can do this ourselves. So, um, okay, Shelly, all yours. <laughs> yeah, we, um, Barbara and I were talking at, about the break, at the break about... Um, just what is the protocol for going into these spaces where we can get these questions answered? So in the book, there is, um, I set it up very slowly and mm-hmm. very deliberately to talk to the reader about how we're going to set our sacred space externally in the external world. We can create an altar. There's ideas for that, how we should use music that might be supporting or essential oils and things that are supporting our external environment and then I always recommend that people sit in or, or lay down or whatever they're doing in the same space each time. Mm-hmm. And then we start to create the inner world where we're going to use a lot of um, protective energies to make sure that we feel safe and secure. And so we're going to bring light through the body. We're going to surround ourselves with light. And then each time we're walking through a doorway in the first doorway is into this space that I call I've always called it the waiting room because it kind of reminds me of like, if you go to a doctor or something, Mm -hmm. you have to sit out in the waiting room before they call you in for whatever it is that they're helping you with. So inside this waiting room area, this is becomes like a spiritual place that you yourself will create in your own mind. It's Mm -hmm. something that I started doing many, many years ago when I was regressing people, I was always going into this certain room that has a certain look to it. And what was interesting, I kind of talk about this a little bit in the book that 
over the years, I would occasionally ask people, hey, can you describe the, the first room that we went through? And some of them would actually describe the same place that I was thinking about, even though I wasn't mentioning it to them. And that's when I first started saying to myself, wait a minute, I think that these are real places that even though we can't see them, they are in this multiverse there in this multidimensional realm. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started realizing that this is real. And so over the years, rather than just having people go into my room, I started realizing it's more empowering if I can teach, in this case, the reader to create their own space, because then that becomes a very nurturing and supportive sacred area that would become the launching pad for all these spiritual journeys that a person can do. And in this space, then we need to meet with a guide or an angel. So -hmm. that's a big part of the book as well. We don't want to, I've always found that clients and in this case, readers, because all my books have guided journeys in them that readers can do. It's mm-hmm. always helpful to meet with a spiritual being and we establish the fact that this being, whether it's a guide or an angel or whatever the individual wants to refer to this being as, um, would be somebody who knows you, they know your soul, they know everything about you so that it's kind of like having a trusted friend who loves you unconditionally. And then that guide then accompanies you on this journey. And earlier before the break, we were talking about you know, different people have a lot of ability to see visions. Some people hear, mm-hmm. like they have more clear audience, they can hear an inner voice and some are touchy feely people who have like a gut feeling about something. And so your guide or angel can really help you. Like if you're not clear about something, they can tell you things. They can also help to show you things or, or just help the individual understand what's happening. And so from that waiting room, then we have a conversation with our guide And then the guide then can help us go to through another doorway that would lead into, um, um, let's say a medium, whether it's a book. Before we go through the door, (laughs) um, is the guide always the same guide once you, and is your room always the same room? In the ideal world, my intent Mm -hmm. for the reader would be, yes, that would be ideal because you would be getting a familiarity because I think Mm -hmm. this is almost like going to a gym and working out, working out our muscles, only we're working out our spiritual muscles. So the more that we can do the same thing over and over again, then that starts to create um, a platform through which we can get more answers. But because everybody's different, I couldn't say that's for sure. I mean, different Mm -hmm. times in a person's life, different guides may come up and they may go into different places. Some may be rooms, some may be going into outdoor places in nature mm-hmm. and things like that. So, And you set an intention in the waiting room. You kind of say, I want to look at this or I want to go here or the greatest good. Sometimes exactly. you kind of leave it open. You know, well, we'll, we'll take a ride for the greatest good. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to ask those questions before we went on. So go ahead. Let's go. Yeah. So that's a good point. (laughs) Yes. There's, you know, when you're consulting the Akashic records to me is a little bit sometimes different than just going on a straight past life regression. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as we mentioned earlier, when you're going on a past life regression, pretty much any question you have about yourself, we could say, Hey, when did I do this in a past life? And then we could set the intention specifically, or we can always ask for highest good. 
And I think it, it is a good practice, I think, to ask for highest good in the Akashic realm, because we sometimes limit ourselves with the things we think we want to know. And sometimes more um, empowering information could come through. Right. Right. But theoretically, though, we're going to meet with this guide who maybe is the same guide, hopefully, that we're using every time mm-hmm. and just say, hey, guide, today I want to look at my past lives. Of course, that's one of them. Maybe I want to talk about I want to identify people who are in my soul group. Soul groups is a big thing that we can identify, um, you know, the people who have come into our lives. Where do we know them before from before? Like how many lifetimes ago? What lessons are we learning with this group that we've chosen to um, engage with? We can also do um, soul retrievals where we ask people to give us our stuff back and then we can give them their things back and we can do a what real does that mean you know, give us our stuff back you know my mind goes right away to real stuff i don't want that back. you don't want it back yes i know yeah. it could be real stuff um that represents something but it's always symbolic mm-hmm. let's say they give you a watch back what does the watch represent well it represents my time or you know mm-hmm. it's really okay. more of a spiritual giving stuff back um mm-hmm. Like I need courage or I need faith or hope. One of the biggest um, and most healing things that people can receive back would Mm -hmm. be their heart. Because sometimes we've given our heart away to a former partner, let's say, Mm -hmm. whether it's in this life, which happens a lot, or it could have been, let's say we gave back, we gave our heart away back in the medieval times. And in this current life, let's say we're now having um, we're wondering, well, why can't I ever have a decent relationship? Well, that's because yeah. you gave your heart away to some knight in the middle ages. And so mm-hmm. when we go and encounter that and we can take that energy back, then we do a big heart healing. And then the person is able to move forward. And that's, that's actually happened to me. I, I had gotten my heart back and I received a big healing after my near death experience. That was very, very profound. Don't we all in sometime in all of these lives, give our heart away. I mean, I at one point. So. Yeah. Yeah. But how is it that some get stuck, you know, where they'll continue to look for that person they gave their heart to for many lifetimes where other people don't get stuck They're They're, you know, they just move on. It, it doesn't seem to have residue, any residue from having done that. <laughs> So how do people, some people get stuck or why do some people get stuck? That's an interesting question. I don't really know for sure. You know, I think everybody's (laughs) got such a different agenda in terms of Mm -hmm. what is their soul purpose? That's of course, another thing we can answer. What what has my soul been doing over many lifetimes? What have I contracted to do? One of the other journeys, it's super cool in this book. Um, is something called I call before I arrived because the moments before your birth in the current lifetime, we can take you to a place where you meet with God, aka source, higher power, and actually meet with them where you're mm-hmm. having this meeting about, okay, you're getting ready to go into this life as yourself. Here's your roadmap. Here's your your snacks. <laughs> And here's yeah. some of the stuff that you're planning on engaging mm-hmm. in, in this current life. So maybe if they do choose to hold on to these things residually, it's some lesson that the soul's trying to learn, you know, that hopefully by bringing these things up into the conscious awareness, then they can finally resolve some lessons that maybe have been going on lifetime after lifetime. 
And the ones that don't have that clingy feeling, maybe they have, they obviously have other challenges. Everybody has challenges. It's yeah, easy for yeah. us to look at others and think that their life is so wonderful. But as you know, mm-hmm. we all have our own stuff to deal with here. Yeah, yeah. You can never see inside somebody else's life, really. Um, and you didn't address this in the book, and maybe there's no, maybe this isn't real. Do we clean up between lives? Like, you know, did somebody skip a cleanup period, (laughs) you know, where somebody else like cleans it up. So now they get the heart back, they get everything back ready for the next life. And somebody skipped that morning session (laughs) and didn't clean up. You know, I mean, it's I'm just trying to figure out why are we stuck? And as you said, there's a lesson to be learned. But sometimes in you know, in readings, I see they just got it just got stuck to them. You know, it, there's almost no reason at all, and just the recognition of it releases it. It's just a stuck thing, which is odd <laughs> to me. That's odd, but anyway. So I'm getting stuck on that, huh? (laughs) I think it's a good point. You know, why are some people stuck and others are not? Yeah. Um, It would be, you know how you see on these TV shows where, you know, they have, oh, they've been exposed to the contaminant. And so they go into the tent and they go, and just get hosed down. That would be so wonderful if someone would do that. I would think you'd have to, because if we're carrying everything from every lifetime, by the third lifetime, we're so bogged down, we can't function. So we have to be cleaning out from lifetime to lifetime. We have to be. Other than that, I mean, you know, um, look at the look at your current lifetime. Well, first of all, you don't know anything about it until you look backwards. People are looking forwards. Give it up. <laughs> you yeah. don't know about it until you look backwards. And then at that point, um, there is so much that goes on that you never could know about. And if you carry that forward, you know, all of our, you know, our habits, our idiosyncrasies, all of that, I can't see how there would be, in, you know, more than two lifetimes. <laughs> so there's got to be a clean out. Anyway, I'm bringing you be. sideways. Let's go back to the no, book. I think it's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the other thing, the last time I was on your show, we talked about the healing of the ancestors. Yeah. And, you know, the yeah. scientists believe that there's up to 50% of our personality. Um, they're actually doing scientific research at the National Institutes of Health, like real wow. places that are saying that yeah. we really do inherit ancestral trauma. So then that makes me mm-hmm. even more like, oh my gosh. I've got to deal with my own past lives and now I've got to help my ancestors with yeah, all their stuff. Yeah, so yeah. it is a lot to, to take on really. It's all baggage. <laughs> it's all bad. We we're starting to get depressing. <laughs> yes. Well, I, there is, um, I have to say though, to that point, there is a um, cosmic trash can exercise oh, in this yeah. where we can put all this stuff, all the excess baggage and all the emotional stuff gets put out in the trash. Mm-hmm. And that can be very liberating because it's just a matter of, hey, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm not carrying this stuff around anymore. Let's throw it in the trash. And our guide just flings it out into the cosmos and we just get rid of it. Which is great, which is great. And that might be the clean out I'm talking about. The trash can, don't miss it. That we need, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Um, What about parallel, the the interdimensions or the metaverse, as you call it? 
I'm going everywhere on this. Before we go there, is there, do you want to work on any of the exercises or talk more about that? Because I'm bringing you out of that a little bit. Well, you're, this is actually more exercises in the book. Okay. Yeah. This is actually the same topic because the book has several chapters that go into all of this soul purpose, soul retrievals, mm-hmm. you know, healing our past lives. And then, yes, we do have to get into the multiverse. Um, back in 2005, I published a book called Beyond Reality, Evidence of Parallel Universes, where I was um, reporting on client case histories where people were going into multiple universes and saying, okay, I live here, but I also live over here. And this is happening simultaneously. Or one of the big um, exercises in that book that's that I've, I I never really published before, but I'm Mm -hmm. putting it in the journeys to the Akashic Records that was most healing in this regard was that, you know, every single person alive has something that they did in the past that's just bugging them because they know that that decision that they made 10 years ago was a turning point and they could have mm-hmm. chosen A or B. They chose A, but there's st- if something, you know, we all have difficult days and we all have good right. days. So on a difficult day, every single person alive is sometimes asking themselves, darn, you know what? I wonder if I had done that instead, yeah. Yeah. would I be better off? Mm-hmm. And so I would take the people back in time into the current life where we start to see a fork in the road. Here's the choice you took and here's the one you didn't. So let's go down this path of what you didn't do to an unspecified moment that'll just tell you how things worked out. And what was weird is that every single person I took into that space was able to come out of that experience saying, you know what, I did the right thing with the choice that I made several years ago. And so in that, then it's healing because they don't need to question. They can just go done next. I'm not going to question this thing anymore. So that journey is in this book as well. Wow. That's great. That's a great exercise because I've got a few of those too. What if I had taken that, that job, that opportunity, whatever, you know, and, and of course being human, that will become oh my God, it would have been perfect. You know, where that's not real, but being human, that side would always be perfect. (laughs) But um, parallel lives too, Um, or our lives, what I'm looking for, are there lives going on at the same time? Am I living in many places? And, And can you look at that? Yes. Um, you know, you probably remember, as I do, several years ago in that book, What the Bleep Do We Know mm-hmm. was really popular and everybody yeah. was getting into quantum physics. So that's around the time that my book had come out also. And so the idea was that the quantum physicists were saying that we're controlling our destiny based on our thoughts. And so we just need to choose the thing we want and then we can start to create it. Mm-hmm. And so during this time, when I was out talking about my book, one of the most interesting ones that I ever encountered was um, I was taking people on this guided journey that is in the the new book for the first time. I was taking them on it Mm -hmm. during an expo many, many years ago. And this gentleman went off into a parallel world where he could see that the World Trade Center towers were still standing and that 9-11 had not happened. Because wow. this was uh, this was back in like 2006 when when I did this guided journey for this guy. So mm-hmm. this was interesting to me. So what he was saying is that yes, we live here in this reality where 
you know, we've had 9-11 and we've had all of the things that have resulted from that. But in this other universe, those are still standing. We didn't have a terrorist attack. And so I, you know, interviewed him about, well, what was different? It was hard. You know, this is very cerebral. It's kind of hard for us to bring down these multidimensional things into language and Mm -hmm. really thoughts. But he said, you know, there was just a slight shift in consciousness, but there was still the same tensions that created this other thing were still there. Because I wanted to know as he thought about the future, you know, did he think that was still going to happen or was it just not going to happen at all? And if so, like, what did we do, you know, that was working? And just like all things, it's kind of like this big web, you know, if this doesn't happen, then that doesn't happen. And then that doesn't happen. And it goes, it's like a little spider web that just goes all over the place. So he just said he couldn't guarantee that it wouldn't happen, but that there was just, he couldn't even verbalize it though. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like even right now, all the things that have been going on the last couple of years, we could all say they haven't really been that positive, but still there's always going to be positive things that come out of negativity, at least eventually, you know, and it changes the whole world, um, you know, inexplicably, let's just say, what, what do you mm-hmm. think about that? I don't know. Um, you know, I try to look at what's actually, I think a whole lot of what's going on was when the vibration of the you know, the dimensional vibration of, you know, the age of Aquarius hit into the next vibration. I think we slammed together about a year ago, December. And all of this is a vibe is a fallout from that vibration. We're all just kind of shaking from it, basically. And um, the old vibration is still fighting for life. And the new vibration is fighting for life. So we've got these things coming together. And the result is chaos. I think we're in a chaotic period. And and it goes on, um, you know, many years before and many years after. So um, that's what I think is going on. But at the same time, I watch it and I think, you know, rather than we were going at a slow pace, a terrible pace, and we're being forced to move very rapidly now. And into uh, oil, you know, getting rid of oil in many places because they're turning off the taps. It's like, okay, we were thinking about this, but now we have to do it tomorrow. You know, everything's speeding up. So um, to look at it psychically, wow, what a trip. (laughs) What a trip. But I'm going to use your waiting room and have a guide take me on a journey on this. Well, you know, this is what it looks like to me psychically, but let's look at it from a different place. Another um, thing in your book, you talk about taking the elevator up to a higher dimension. And um, tell me about that. Tell me more about that. That is, yeah, that's something I've been doing for many, many years. Let's get up out of, I think that's one of the things that would be beneficial to anybody. We're in three-dimensional, so we can't see things, but if we can get up in the elevator, in this case, you're going to go in the elevator, get Mm -hmm. up into a higher dimension, and then walk through a space where you can meet with light beings who are going to give you information and kind of just this sensation of expanding consciousness beyond what we are seeing right now. I think like you were saying, because I agree with everything you just said, it's got (laughs) to be helpful yeah, just get yeah. let's get up out of the chaos for a minute and just realize you know what there's a bigger picture here mm-hmm. it's all going to work out and so i think this is you know the point of it is just to help expand our consciousness but you also do 
those guides are going to give you some information that's hopefully helpful as well. Right. And it is put on a seatbelt, put on a seatbelt. So um, kids. (laughs) I know. So we only have about two minutes left. Um, What would you like to add to what we talked about that you want to have our audience hear quickly? And then we'll, we'll find out where we can get your book and all. I want people to, you know, as you've mentioned, um, I definitely think there's some interdimensional weirdness going on right now. Things feel very difficult, but the thing is there's a grand picture here. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this book will help people to, you know, be able to go on these journeys and find these answers and find peace that no matter what is going on in the chaotic world around them, that hopefully this will help them become the eye of the storm as we all you know, stand back and see what's going to happen because I believe that good things are coming from all this. We just have to hang in here and just buckle up and let's see what happens. And I hope this book can help people do that. That's great. And where can they get the book and where can they get hold of you? Um, if they, the book is available through all major booksellers. If they go on pastlifelady.com, which is my website, there's a book link that will take people over to Amazon. And I've got some other links there as well. Right. And you've got a bunch of books. We've yeah. mentioned a few of them, but I, I'm amazed how many books are out there. And every time I looked, it's like, oh, I want to look, talk about that. I want to talk about that. But anyway, um, thanks so much for being on the show. I loved having you back and I hope to have you back again soon. It was fun. Thank you very much. Barb, it is a joy to be with you again. I love our conversations. I wish you many, many blessings and success. And thank you so much thank for what you. you do for everyone. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Hey, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend. things for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com.